San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear this show on any device as it airs. And, of course, all the podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Good evening, Richard. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. All right. That's fantastic. Uh, did you have a good Happy New Year and all? It sure was fun. We were up in good. the snow in Durango. Good, good, good. And a good friend of our show, as you know, Dick Enberg, uh, uh, passed away right before the holidays. So our condolences to his family and all his fans. Very A uh, ton of them out there. But on the line, I don't want to waste too much time. We have a VIP. He's the, chief, he's the chief medical correspondent for CNN. You all know him and love him as Sanjay Gupta, ND. Sanjay, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, our, our pleasure. Uh, the reason why we're having you on, uh, there's been so much controversy about cannabis, and, and uh, I reviewed your, over the holidays, your, your great documentaries called Weed, and I think you did about three of those, correct? That's right. That's right. We're working on number four. Yeah. Oh, good. Because I, I did <laughs> what prompted uh, me getting a hold of you is I, I wanted CNN to to maybe rebroadcast those. But obviously, if you're doing a fourth one, even better. So and, and, and on on the, in that same note there or vein, uh, are there any new? Well, maybe you could give us some of the main talking points or foundings that you had in weed itself. And then I wanted to see if there was anything new that you had discovered since. So uh, why don't you just take that? Well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, th- th- this was a, a, a real journey when we started diving into this reporting around uh, medicinal marijuana. And, and, I, and I'll preface by saying, and I think you and I may have even talked about it in the past, but, but I wasn't particularly uh, excited or, or, or thinking there was going to be a lot of substance to medicinal marijuana in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had, in fact, written about that for, for Time magazine, and I just didn't think that the data was compelling. And I, and I thought that the people were mainly using this as a foothold for other things, other agendas that they were trying to advance. Right. But over you know, an 18-month period of researching and writing and traveling around the world and talking to people, uh, we found that there there were not only uh, seemingly good medicinal applications, uses for marijuana, but there were situations, Joe, where, where it worked and nothing else did work. Right. So it became not only a medical issue in some ways, but it became a moral issue. And that was really the focus of, of weed one, which is, you know, the idea that it could help somebody, in this case, um, a child and, and right. multiple children who had seizures that uh, could not be treated. Right. So epilepsy, obviously, it's helping that. I myself have eczema, and I got a medical card a few weeks ago. I'm not an intoxication fan, but I know they have these tinctures, and I've been using that and some little and some edibles and some bombs. And I'll tell you, it's it's improved. Uh, you're a neurosurgeon. It's improved like my sense of touch, if that makes sense. Uh, I've noticed I. Uh, my sense of touch has has increased. Isn't that weird? I, I don't know. There's something that does to our neurological system, apparently, right? Well, the, the thing about it is, and it's and it's very interesting because we have a a 
what's called an endocannabinoid system mm. in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's a big word, but basically what it means is we have receptors for cannabis. Mm. Uh, they exist, and, we, and our bodies make a, a natural form of this mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I bring that up only to say that the idea of, of sort of uh, binding to these, these receptors in our body uh, with this natural plant, in some ways, uh, evolutionarily, it makes a lot of sense. These mm. receptors exist in our brain. They exist in our gut. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that they've had terrible um, problems with inflammatory bowel disease or even things like ulcerative colitis that have, they've had improvement with this. These obviously, these, these things need to be tested. but. Mm. From a, from a science and mechanism standpoint, you can start to understand why cannabis uh, could work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just conjecture. You could understand the actual mechanism by which this can work. Right. But why, why is there still a moral um, underpinning to this that some people find objectionable? I don't understand it's it. It's probably ignorance. What, what do you think, doctor? Well, I mean, and it, it's it's a strong one. It's a strong. There's a strong moral objection by by groups of people, and I think part of it is the history mm-hmm. of of marijuana. You know, this is a substance that uh, you know you had this documentary done um, back in 1936 mm. uh, that was that was basically. Um, sort of likening the use of marijuana to to or you know unable to get a job more likely to participate in crime all, all these sorts of things reefer madness and and you know i think for 70 years or so now 80 years there's been a a sort of hangover feel from that mm-hmm. and i think people also don't they they don't disconnect this idea of of recreational use and medicinal use. Right. I mean, you, you know, if there's a medication that can help somebody, uh, can help prevent seizures, can help treat PTSD, can help re- relieve neuropathic pain, the first question that people ask typically isn't, will this be abused, right? You don't, mm-hmm. you know, something's for cardiac disease, like a statin drug, you don't say, well, we're not sure that this might be, get abused. Yeah. That's the first question. With cannabis, it is because of this intoxicating effect, this euphoric effect that you, you mentioned. It's been really hard to dissociate these things, and, and as a result, I think people don't give it the medicinal sort of respect right. that it deserves. Now, CBD, and there's a bunch of other endocannabinoids uh, uh, in existence that we don't even know. I think it's like 113. We haven't barely scratch the surface about the, uh, with these and these are the non-psychoactive agents right yeah that, that's right so THC is the one that people think of as psychoactive mm-hmm. causing causing somebody to get high mm-hmm. CBD is is uh, one of the other uh, you know there's there's many of these different things that uh, also stimulates these receptors in the body mm-hmm. the, the other ingredients within cannabis um, while we haven't identified many of these, as you point out, or, or figured out exactly what they do, we, there's increasing evidence that they do something, and it could just be that they help the CBD travel through the body. Yeah. It could be that they just help open up receptors so CBD can work better in the yeah. body. We don't know, but it's an important point because there's a lot of people who say, well, I'll just distill down CBD only, and mm-hmm. CBD only legislation in the country has become a bigger thing as well, Th- it, that may be a little bit misguided. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have the whole plant, 
you may be missing out on what is known as the entourage effect, right. which is basically saying these other chemicals, these other components uh, of the plant have some role in making this medicine work as well as it can. It's always better to eat the whole orange rather than just the juice, I yeah. say. <laughs> That's right. That's now, right. Now, about addiction rates, you found some curious information comparing opioids to meth to, um, to cannabis and alcohol, and, uh, and it appears cannabis is the least addictive of all of those, huh? It does. I mean, you know, people define addiction um, in, in different ways. Uh, you know, I, I think that when, you know, as, as doctors, one of the, the things that we specifically look for with regard to physical addiction is does the person, when they stop taking the substance, have a measurable physical change in their body? Does their heart rate go up? Does their blood pressure change? Do they start to sweat? Does their breathing patterns change? All these things. That's a physical sort of physical evidence of addiction. Mm-hmm. Then there's more, you know, what you could call psychological addiction, where you just really want this and the, mm-hmm. and the need is very compelling, but you're not going to be sick or, or, or get physically unwell if mm-hmm. you don't have it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, these are different things. But look, when it comes to rates of addiction, uh, nicotine is far and away the highest, Absolutely. you know, smoking, mm-hmm. cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, when you start looking at things like, like opium, you know, all the poppy base plants, including heroin and, uh, and obviously all the narcotic prescription pills, those are very addictive as well. Mm-hmm. So we, we, it's not to say that there isn't a, a, a always a concern about addiction, but in the context of things, um, marijuana is a lot lower than these things. Mm. And also in our, in our reporting and our searching, we never found evidence of an overdose death from marijuana alone. Mm. You have you have people dying of overdose of drugs in this country every 19 minutes. Yeah, well, even, even alcohol poisoning. Yeah, yeah, well, alcohol poisoning and, and and heroin and prescription drugs. You mm-hmm. know, so th- those are the big ones. Um, again, I'm talking about it as a medicine, but when when you're taking this, there's there's not evidence that this actually causes the body to stop you know to stop breathing, which mm-hmm. is typically what happens with these opioid overdose deaths. The signal to breathe, the drive to breathe, is inhibited by some of those drugs. Gotcha. That's what causes someone to die. Yeah. Now, as far as violence goes and the connection between those drugs, uh, there was was a statement made that that they think cannabis leads to violent behavior. I think it's a lot worse with alcohol and other other, uh, agents. Uh, Yeah, just go to a Raiders football game. (laughs) (laughs) But but don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, as far as violent uh, behavior and the connection, or is there any data to prove that now? Which uh, which which brings on the most violent behavior? Which drugs? The, I, I I saw an interesting study. It wasn't directly related to this, but it actually had more to do with driving. And just to be clear, no one is suggesting that anyone drive you know, under the influence of alcohol or cannabis. But mm-hmm. in those studies that were done, they found that people who were driving under the influence of alcohol were much more likely to be aggressive drivers, yeah. uh, fast lane changes, speeding, and much more uh, devastating crashes, uh, and very different than those who are under the influence of cannabis. Uh, yeah. To the extent that that's you know a metaphor for violence, uh, yeah, perhaps yeah. you know it's but it's the, 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 this is a a, a, that, that particular area is a subject of constant, constant study. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, we have to wrap it right there. Thanks so much for being our guest. We're going to get to Joe Marino when we come back after this break. Please stay tuned. 
right, we are back with It's Your Money and Your Life, and we've got a really great guest. Boy, Sanjay Gupta, wasn't he terrific, Richard? He was great. I really love watching oh this stuff. I've watched two of his th- two parts of his three-part series. Well, I've watched all three, and I can't wait for part four, and I'm glad they're doing that because uh, I was hoping CNN would re-air the earlier ones, but mm-hmm. it sounds like they'll have an updated version. Uh, in studio, we have a pretty cool guest also who is a, a cancer survivor and a, uh, a cannabis advocate, and his name is Joe Marino. Joe, welcome to our show. Good evening. Yeah, yep. now, now you were saying uh, Sanjay Gupta's uh, work uh, influenced you. How was that? Oh, until uh, about four years ago, I despised cannabis, despite the fact that I went through six months of chemo for mm-hmm. late-stage mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Never touched it. And as a veteran, I knew that cannabis was controversial, but yeah. as a Marine, active duty military, it's strictly taboo. Yeah. But I started hearing about the benefits and took a very close look at it. And Sanjay Gupta is really the guy who caused the paradigm shift. For yeah. Me. I think nationally he did it with his work because I obviously respected as a physician and, you know, all his work up until then. And he went through a, you know, he wasn't a fan like you, wasn't a fan either right. uh, in 09. And then he wrote that that impressive essay, you know, the why I changed my mind. Right. But uh, anyway, let's get into your, your life and background and then we'll get to, obviously, your health issues and, and what you've been doing to to stay healthy, but um, born and raised where, Joe? I was born in New York City, spent my early years in Brooklyn, then moved out to Long Island, grew up oh, in Long I Island. Oh, Dew's Donuts in Brooklyn. <laughs> Best donuts on the country. The neighborhood I grew up in back then is very different it's than very, it is I'm today. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Well, that goes for a lot of people in urban areas, so uh, the neighborhoods have, have, have changed and, and morphed and, and, and such. But um, found your way to, um, well, where'd you go to high school, and then you, you found your way into the, the Naval Academy, so tell well, us Well, actually, out of high school, I was not very bright mm-hmm. <laughs> academically, so I didn't want to go to college, so I joined the Marines. I enlisted in the Marines when I was 18 mm. and after about uh, three years they asked me if I wanted to go to college to become an officer so I uh, went to the Naval Academy graduated and went back into the Marine Corps as a second lieutenant where were you stationed coming out of high school um, at a high school I was here at Camp Pendleton for okay. two years okay. in the mid 80s mm-hmm. and then I ended up back here after the Naval Academy in the mid 90s so did the Marines give you any grief I mean you're going from the Marines to the Naval Academy did you hear any uh, no uh, well uh, there's a little confusion because we say go Navy even though we're Marines but uh, the Naval Academy back then it was about 16 and two-thirds percent of the graduates would go Marine Corps now it's about 25 percent yeah a lot of people don't realize yeah. The Marines are a subsidiary of the Navy, for lack of a better term, right? Uh, so, to say that correctly, <laughs> the there's term? a Department of the Navy, and they have two separate independent services under them, the uh, Navy and the Marine Corps, Okay, and uh, right. under the Department of the Navy. All right, that's the way they want to say it. <laughs> All right, because they want e- equal billing. I get it. Yes. I get it. So, you majored in computer science? Yeah, that was my degree. Uh, actually, at, when I was enlisted, I was a computer at, programmer. At the Naval Academy, they have a, na- they have a computer science? Yes, computer science at the Naval Academy. Well, with the cyber warfare today, I'll tell you. We do have a cyber war going on. Is that right? I mean, we hear... Yes. As a matter of fact, the, the Navy and Marine Corps are leading that charge. It's a, it, it is literally a whole new domain of warfare. Back during World War II, the Commandant of the Marine Corps changed the Marines' hymn from, uh, from on land and sea to the in the air on land and sea because air warfare was a new domain and now space and cyber, cyber to the point smart. that the Naval Academy is building 
Uh, their next major building will be the Center for Cybersecurity, named after Admiral Grace Hopper, who was a pioneer in computer science. Yeah, and the song's going to get too long if they include all the threats. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I'd, rather, I'd rather have a bunch of people sitting at computer banks fighting wars with other nations, you know, from computer, although maybe I, It I depends should, who I, gets to push the button, Joe. I shouldn't I, really say that because, yeah, you know, I wouldn't what, say that. honestly, did you see, you saw Stuxnet, right, Joe? Uh, oh, I'm familiar with Stuxnet, yeah. yes. I mean, we have malware now that can do, and shut down just about any system in any country, and of course, there's other countries that can do the same to us, and we're talking either financial or whether transportation. Can you imagine if the airline computers, you know, got a, got a malware and just grounded the? I mean, they could do dangerous things, and financials, of course. So, um, in any case, uh, so after you graduated Naval Academy, you went back in the Marines. Is that correct? Went back in the Marines, and, and then uh, I know you want what? What? Tell us what happened after you got out of the Marines, though, because I know that's an interesting part of your life. Well. Uh, after my commitment was up to pay back for college, it was the dot-com boom, so I wanted to put my computer science degree and experience from my uh, enlisted days to use, and I got very lucky here in San Diego. I got hired by Apple at a uh, career conference for service academy graduates, and I ended up working in their federal office in Western Virginia for a number of years as a consultant, and then mm. I finished up my time at Apple while uh, in Cupertino working at the Apple online mm. store, which was very interesting uh, because we would shut the store down and then Steve Jobs would walk on stage and he'd announce all these new products we didn't even know about as software like engineers. They were in 1990 or so, what year is this? Or 90? Uh, 98 till 2007 is wow. when I was at Apple. Wow. And then he would so walk. They, sh they shut this, this, so you were working in Cupertino, you were working Correct. at the headquarters. Correct, wow. yes, yes. How Ten many buildings in their campus did they have a well, large, a large Infinite array? Loop was six buildings, but by that time they were still spilling out. Now wow. there's probably 30 or 40 buildings. It's like a small village now, Joe. <laughs> yes, and now they've got the spaceship campus which mm -hmm. is the size of the right. pentagon literally it's exactly. the united states and most expensive building five billion dollars like the pentagon it's a big circular building yeah it's a right? big ring yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's impressive so the store would shut down what were you doing that was your exact job there at apple though? i was a software engineer software yeah, engineer i was a software engineer worked on the the back end they call it the back end caching pulling data out of the database and then giving it to people on the front end to display mm -hmm. very rapidly under a huge load with this was this uh, to develop product or um, what were you developing? Any particular product? No. Well, we it was the store. So the products that Apple developed, we were selling on the store. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So just going online, buying product online from Apple. Directly. Yes. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. So Steve Jobs would would shut down, and you said he would like sit sit with you guys at lunch and. Tell well, us. so if you went to the Cafe Max, which is the cafeteria on the campus, mm -hmm. every day for two weeks, you probably would have seen him once or twice, and he would come in maybe with a soft engineer or maybe a product manager and I've sat next to him not he wouldn't know who I was mm -hmm. I mean, I've spoken to him but he wouldn't know uh, remember who I was and he was so quiet it was so interesting to see him in this role and he would simply ask the person he was sitting with if it was an engineer for example how could we integrate this app and that app and then he would just sit back and he would just take in the information you could see the gears turning as far as how he could make products better huh Wow, that was so. How many employees at that time were, were When there? I left Apple, they had just hit about 20,000, and now they're, <laughs> they're over 110,000. <laughs> I can't believe And it. I think about half of that's probably retail. We have such a, the company has such a big retail presence. That, is, uh, and does that count everybody in China who's, who actually puts the product together? No, that does They are actually part of Foxconn, which is a separate company. Mm hmm. Okay, gotcha. The outsourcing deal. Gotcha. Yes. Anyway, um, interesting website, uh, Joe. It's bio.joe.com. 
Moreno. It's M-O-R-E-N-O, folks.com, and uh, if you want to know more about, about him. But uh, so interacting with Steve Jobs, and then uh, how long were you there, and then what did you do when uh, you, you left? So I was there, again, from 98 till 2007. Um, what ties in with this show today, I was there less than a year, and I got diagnosed with uh, uh, cancer, late stage widespread cancer, stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, at the time, a classmate, uh, a, uh, not a classmate, a um, coworker asked me if I was going to use cannabis, and I said, no way, right? That's not something I would use. I just did chemo, and it wasn't until I saw Sanjay Gupta uh, his weeds program where yeah. he, he said no one has ever died from an, no adult has ever died from an overdose of cannabis which I just found shocking yeah. so I researched it myself WebMD uh, Centers for D- Disease Control National Institutes of Health and they track even illegal drugs because they can become an ap- yeah. uh, and if a, it wasn't epidemic. Schedule 1 they could even be doing more research with it and, and I'm sure there's more research going on in other countries that uh, we don't know about or should know more about uh, so that's the, the challenge there that's so. what I want to see is yeah. the research but anyway we have to take our little break though we're going to come back with Joe Marino and we, of course we had Sanjay Gupta in the first half thanks to him but we'll be back right after these words hang on We are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to all of our sponsors. Everybody, listen up. The roster's changed a little bit. They're going to change a little bit more in the next month or so, but we love CPAs. Got two groups of them. Of course, Jason Kruger's great CFO service company, Signature Analytics. In fact, Jason, I think, is next week's guest. Looking forward to that here at the start of the year. Also, more traditional CPAs. Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos. Financial statements, tax returns, things of that nature. Also, our great friend Joel Grushkin, cost segregation initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. And of course, also Paul Hines. Paul is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, a great wealth advisory company. Fiduciary all the time, all fiduciary all the time. And Paul, of course, is also the catalyst for SeniorSafeAndSound.org, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Also, VFO Hub, Virtual Family Office Hub, and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients, but also helping wealthy families live more coherent lives. Also, our great friend Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management, a great concierge service here in San Diego, helping those of us who have no time from simple things like travel arrangements to more complicated things, just use your imagination, whatever that might be, Elite Lifestyle Management can take care of that for you. And speaking of tax season, we also have, new to the roster, Happy Tax. Check out happytax.com, a great paperless app-based tax preparation service with exceedingly reasonable prices, happytax.com. I'm going to be adding a couple more sponsors here in about another month, so stay tuned for that on shows that follow this one. But I know a lot of our listeners, Joe, they skip dinner because they love us so much. It's not because they were smoking weed that they're hungry. It's because they're <laughs> listening to our show. So we can help them, too. They can have a brownie, too, if they like. Whatever anyway. they want to do. <laughs> fill us in on the food, Joe. Well, we have uh, some great guests in the Very Good Food Foundation. Guest sponsors in the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle ciccarelli Lyrac, putting on great foodie programs throughout the year and some great broadcasting as well. And also there is Lestat's Coffee Houses, the three locations, University Heights, Normal Heights, and a new one on Hill in. 
you know, University Avenue in Hillcrest, all open 24-7, 365, uh, with great food, great coffee, great people watching. And uh, I know, Richard, you've been working with many of these sponsors for many years with great success, Yeah, right? going on three decades in some cases. Absolutely. Yeah. So if they get over to our website, iymoney.com, there is a sponsor tab there with the drop-down menu, and you can learn all about all of our sponsors, and all their contact information is right there. And... Um, uh, of, of course, there's a, there's a media kit in there as well. You can learn about the, the show if you want to become a sponsor yourself. Now back to our guest, Joe Marino, who is uh, buttressing off of Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who we had in, in the first segment, uh, talking about uh, his life. So you had which Hodgkin's lymphoma, was it? Right. There's about uh, a dozen different types of lymphomas. Most are referred to as non-Hodgkin's, mm-hmm. and Hodgkin's, fortunately, uh, is very curable. Mm, gotcha. What were so, your so how did you find your way down to San Diego? Oh, uh, Camp Pendleton, Marine Corps. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, so you came, left, came. Decided, right. I'm always trying to get away. back. Always yeah, if, if something pulls me away, I want to come back. That happens a lot. Okay. That happens a lot. So, so, Joe, what were the first symptoms you had? Because we've had, you're about our third or fourth guest who's had uh, yeah. lymphoma that we've had. I, so there's really no known risk factors for it other than being like a male between 15 and What were your and symptoms, though? Were you, so. I went for a run, and I, it was a three-mile run, and I felt like I'd done a marathon. Mm. And I'd just been on a business trip um, for Apple the week before, and I thought maybe I was just tired, laying on the... Uh, fatigue, huh? Yeah. I, I, yes, it was, um, it was definitely fatigue. And how old, how old were you then? I was 31. So 31, very And good. I got in the shower, and I noticed a lump in my groin, and I thought maybe it was a hernia. I was mm. in perfect, I thought I was in perfect health. Went to the doctor the next day. My first interaction with civilian medicine, and uh, I saw a nurse practitioner, and her, she looked at me, she started feeling my lymph nodes, and her eyes looked like saucers. Mm. So they sent me to a surgeon uh, to biopsy a lymph node, and didn't even need to send it out. They just pulled it out, and it, instead of being bright pink, it was like a dark brown. Mm-hmm. So it was just a matter of what type of lymphoma it was. Wow. So six months of chemo, and I was cured, literally cured. Wow. No radiation, no anything else? No, I didn't need radiation, which is really Did they have any, any other meds at all? Or No, no. Um, I would take some meds. I'd go for chemo every other Friday, and then on the weekends, I'd take anti-nausea drugs that worked beautifully so well that I gained a pound a week for six months because <laughs> I was eating like Whoppers and ice cream so that, that, thinking I was going to lose weight. math in my head. That's um, 24 pounds. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's the most I've ever weighed in my life when I was wow. done with that. And when I was done, I would get about every three months for about three years, I would get... Uh, they called studies on uh, nuclear medicine, uh, CAT scan, MRI. No hint of it coming back. Um, and then about every six months for the next two years and after five years, hey, it's probably not going to come back. And, huh. and was cancer prevalent in your family or no? Nope. I was the first one in my immediate family hmm. to, uh, to get any type of cancer. Wow. So, so what compelled you to start researching cannabis and how it might help you? Oh, so I didn't use it while I was going through. I wish it was available. Because if you put weight on and and you go to cannabis to to lose weight, (laughs) I don't know if that's going to work. You said you were predisposed against it. Had you ever even tried it, like as a teenager? No. Oh, no. No. Yeah, I was never touched it. This guy's squeaky clean. Yes. Military. Yes, exactly. Never, never, never. I know tons of military guys who use it. Yeah, in high school, right? It's natural to experiment. And, And the thing about cannabis in particular is since it's not that risky we look at the harm something will do what's the risk yeah. if we mm-hmm. do it now i wouldn't recommend if someone's coming to cannabis i wouldn't recommend smoking cannabis mm-hmm. anyone is smoking cigarettes but right. there's other vaping is yeah, the there's, vaping, there's edibles but wh- why did you think you you needed cannabis uh, in your situation for for pain for uh, insomnia oh it would have been good uh, yeah for uh, 
the the recovery after the chemo is it's pretty tough and i had it good and it was still tough i would get you had pain i would get what they call complicated migraines migraines with complications vision they're like stroke-like symptoms really except you don't have any paralysis after the the migraine passes wow so and how how long would the migraines last they'd last a few hours whoa uh yeah they they were bad my peripheral vision would go my fingers would get numb i'd get confused yeah uh which is scary i mean they're like that's like stroke symptoms so um what form of cannabis did you use uh, initially to use uh, the tincture under the tongue? No, no, I one. didn't use any while I was going through chemo. Okay. Right? Uh, that, it wasn't until 15 years later, after seeing Sanjay Gupta's report, ah. that it it's not addictive, It's it hasn't killed anyone. So you were just doing it for recreational use, basically, or was it for other symptoms? Uh, the symptoms were, I would occasionally get co- uh, migraines with complications. So they're mm. coming back 15 years later. Mm. Uh, I, you know what? I didn't know what they were. Okay. I just thought it was a bad migraine gotcha. until I went to a neurologist thinking it was, it was, um, thinking it was a stroke or mm-hmm. something like that. And he said, no, this is just a... Complicated so, migraine. So you, so when you got a migraine, you started vaping, or what? Tell us how it. How uh, actually yes, yes, especially CBD. Mm. Right, the CBD has the anti-inflammation uh, benefits. So they have the cartridges with with a higher CBD content in yes. them. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Okay. But one thing is, it does need a little THC to help right. activate. Like Sanjay Gupta said, yeah, the, entourage. the entourage effect is key. So how does consumer determine, you know, how does they find that product that you're talking about? I guess there's a lot of research we have to do, right? I exactly, mean, exactly. Uh, I there's, mean, there's all different uh, variations of, of um, formulas in there, I guess, right? Right. So the big thing with CBD and THC is to find a ratio. Is it one-to-one, three-to-one, whether it's three-to-one mm-hmm. CBD to THC or THC to CBD, you you find what works yeah. for those symptoms. I mean, and did, did you consult with your physician about this decision or choice? Um, I consulted with not my personal physician, okay. but a physician who had expertise okay. in cannabis. Gotcha. There are a growing number of doctors who um, you know refer or or think it might be a good idea to try this for certain conditions, but but technically they're not supposed to prescribe it, mm-hmm. Richard. No, I know you can't prescribe for, it, but you can certainly talk to your for, doctor about anything. Right, but I'm yeah. just saying, and and there probably are doctors out there, maybe uh, maybe if you know them socially or off the record or whatever, or uh, there are some nurse practitioners and some nurses and some other health professionals, and we can get them on later in the year, Richard, who are mm-hmm. actually more uh, you know, using cannabis. Uh, a a way to practice. find those doctors, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very good app, Weed Maps, mm-hmm. uh, and it sounds like a sketchy app, but it's a very good app. You can find medical doctors in your area who can advise Stores, you. Stores, doctors, and product, I'll bet. Exactly. All on there, right, right. So, right. Cool. Right. Yeah, weedmaps.com. It's, I haven't looked at that much, but I, I guess I will. So um, anyway, um, we're coming up on our break right now. We're going to come back with Joe Marino talking more about his life and adventure with cannabis and his piloting and everything else. Hang on. <laughs> All right, we're back in the home stretch with Joe Marino. He graduated Naval Academy, went to the Marines, and uh, went to work for Apple. So, Joe, how, how does it feel following Sanjay Gupta? <laughs> it's humbling. I mean, it's humbling to follow someone who literally changed my perception of cannabis. 
And this is crazy. This was not so. I had no idea he he even knew who Sanjay Gupta no, was. No, we did, We just, don't plan this stuff. It just worked <laughs> That's out. That's the beauty that way. of the show. But I the, do the total chaos of it. Yeah, but yeah. I do think Dr. Gupta's work uh, influenced a lot of people, uh, including myself. As I was saying, you know, I use the tincture itself. Um, oh, for the I, eczema. Yes. Yeah, and um, and I use a little, you know, edible mints. You know, with a you know, you have to have a little CBD with I mean, THC and all that, and uh, it. You know, there is a relaxation factor there also that uh, th- that I think is. Uh, I noticed good. you haven't been as hyper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I ju- you know, uh, uh, to help people sleep, insomnia. There's you know, there's indica and sativa. There's different strains. Yeah, the way people remember indica is in the couch. That'll really relax <laughs> yeah. you. Sativa is what sometimes makes people paranoid. Yeah. So it's, if you're, you buy a little gummy for like twelve or sixteen dollars, I bought one that has CBD in it. But you take just a little sliver and and and. and, and and an hour later, you know, you're just very, but uh, I don't think, th- I'm not compelled, I can, you know, I can throw it all away tomorrow, I'm not, uh, like, addicted to it, so. Um, well, yeah. you know, it's a good question, what is addiction, and yeah. Do- Sanjay Gupta talked about it, but yeah. it's repeated behavior in the face of mounting consequences, right. and or, we don't see that with cannabis. Or it's doing something that you don't want to do, but, uh, you know, your mind says no, but uh, your receptors and everything else compels you, you know, doing something against your own will, I guess, would be... It's like uh, me would, eating pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to eat this, but I'm Italian. I can't help it. And I went back to... Bre- I'm having multigrain bread. I gave a bread buff for a few months. You had to there. go back? I, oh, well, I love white carbs. But I'm, Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't eat white bread. I have the, the, the multigrain, which... No, I, uh, I actually found a multigrain, which is non-GMO, which is terrific. I think it's called... Uh, just, a not, just a shameless plug there, but I think it's called Dave's. But, uh, oh, Dave's. I buy that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get the raisin bread. It's really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. non-GMO I've got some in the there. fridge. Yeah, non-GMO. So that's the yeah. th- my problem I have with the wheat. But anyway... Oh, raisin the roof. I love yeah. that name. <laughs> the raisin bread. Raisin the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Joe, uh, you found yourself um, what taking edibles for your migraines, or tell? Uh, oh, the, the CBD vaping, CBD, vaping, vaping the CBD. Okay, uh, would help the edibles. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, would help the uh, the migraines. Yeah. And, um, and how, about, how about professional life post Apple? What, what have you been doing the last few years? Oh, after I left Apple, I uh, worked on a couple startups. Okay. And uh, most recently, I was a CTO of a company called It's Borrowed. Uh, but uh, that gig ended when uh, we we haven't closed more funding. Okay. So I'll see what's next. Mm-hmm. I'll just okay. do some writing in between. Yeah. Well, I noticed you do a lot of writing. Uh, yeah, I enjoy writing. It's it's fun. <laughs> You've done a lot of business, business and technical. Yeah, business writing. and marketing and technical stuff. Gotcha. And of course, I do think you're, you've got your uh, eye open uh, regarding the cannabis industry in this town and elsewhere. So just seeing what other opportunities are out there uh, as these dispensaries proliferate. Uh, right. About about three years ago, when I heard uh, Sanjay Gupta, I was looking for business opportunities in cannabis because it seemed to that's where the momentum was going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started the San Diego Cannabis Business Group. And uh, from there, that that's how I actually met you, I guess. Yeah, yeah we met in a mixer. And then, uh, well, we're going to have a show on uh, in a few weeks with uh, a company that just makes mostly CBD product mm-hmm. and, uh, and hemp oil and things, like, and things like that. And these are all not mostly non-psychoactive products, but uh, they help with a lot of people with a lot of conditions. Have you seen the entire laundry list of, uh, I mean, it isn't just epilepsy. I mean, it's PTSD. I heard I heard of one product uh, w- w- uh, which has melatonin and ch- it's in a chocolate bar, mm-hmm. melatonin and CBD and some THC in it. And apparently, the veterans coming back with PTSD have been getting great results. Are able to finally sleep through the night. That 
memory extinction factor of cannabis. What makes you forget? You think it's a negative, but if you have PTSD, you're not remembering the trauma. You're reliving it, literally, when you go to bed. And they'll fall asleep, but they'll wake up in the middle of the night because they'll have, they'll relive this experience. Things, yeah. So the memory extension effect of cannabis will help them get through the night and they'll wake up very restful. Memory extension effect. Extinction. 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 Oh, memory gotcha. extension. Okay. Gotcha. You forget. It gotcha. makes you forget. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, fascinating. Now you're a pilot. Where did you learn how to pilot planes? Because I know you, oh, fly, you fly your own plane. Yeah, right? about uh, in 2010, I discovered that my Montgomery GI Bill would help with some portions of learning how to fly. Mm. So I said, huh, I always wanted to learn how to fly. I didn't pursue it out of high school because back then you needed perfect, perfect, uh, perfect 2020 vision mm -hmm. and surgery was not an option. Mm -hmm. So to be a private pilot, it just has to be correctable to mm -hmm. 2040. Mm -hmm. So I started taking some lessons. Did you do LASIK or anything? or does it I did do LASIK in mm -hmm. 2000, um, 2002, and it's mm -hmm. worked out great. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to fly up in Carlsbad at the airport there. And what kind of planes do you like flying? Uh, so I have a Cessna 182 okay. Skyline right here mm -hmm. at Montgomery. Okay. I've yeah. probably flown right over this as I've right taken off. Kearney Mason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's great. It's great. It's great for getting we the Catalina. We've got a big parking lot here. You could have flown over. Yeah. Oh, I hope <laughs> I'll never need to use it. <laughs> so check this out, Richard. He flies over to Catalina. It only takes him like 45 minutes. I gate, yeah, 40, I think gate, it was like 48 minutes to get gate, there. Gate oh, to gate so, we're talking. So sometimes yep. your business, I fly from Carlsbad to Palm Springs. It takes like 17 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's close. Palm it's Springs so easy. Is close. I mean, Palm Springs is well, so close unless you have to drive it. Is that in a jet or in a... Uh, in a jet. Yeah, that, you're jet. flying in a jet. It would yeah. probably take me 40 but minutes. But the yeah. point is is that people think it's a long drive, which it is, but it's a short flight because it, you, you can't drive in a straight line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that, that must... So how, how many hours of training before you finally get to fly the plane yourself? Wow. So people don't realize this. When you go for your private pilot's license... Uh, you need a minimum of 40 hours, according to FAA. Very few people get it that quickly. I think I probably had twice that, 80 hours. But about a third of the way through, you solo. And solo means you go fly the airplane by yourself for the first time with no one else in there, and you have to do three consecutive takeoffs and landings. Wow. After how many hours? After 30? Oh, no, probably less than that. I probably had closer to 20, 25. I forget. I would have to look. With no one in the plane? Yes. Whoa. I've so. got a great <laughs> flying lesson story. But we, do we have a minute, Justin? Yeah, yeah we do. Go for okay, it. so I was coaching Little League, and one of my 12-year-olds said, I'm going to be late to the playoff game, coach. I'm like, Ramsey, how can you be late to the game? You haven't missed a game, haven't been late all year. I go, why are you going to be late to our playoff game? He goes, well, I'm doing my first landing. <laughs> and I didn't, know what to, I, mean, I didn't know what he meant. I'm like, you're doing your first what? He goes, I'm doing my first landing with my instructor. I'm taking flying lessons. He was 12, but he was taking flying lessons at 12. Yeah, there's no minimum age right. to take lessons. Right. There are some real young kids who know yeah. tons He's about 12 aviation. 12 years old taking flying lessons. I told him if he made the Little League World Series, he could fly the plane to uh, whatever it is, Williamsport, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> I just saw a little six-year-old kid. I think, it was, I think it was Ethiopian Airlines. They brought a little six-year-old kid into the cockpit pit on a jet. Oh, he knew everything about yeah, it. Yeah, did you see that? I've, I think I saw that. That's I think that amazing. was viral. Yeah. That's um, six, I think he was like six, right? Un unbelievable. Coach, I'm doing my first land. But um, anyway, I just think, Joe, we have so much more to find out and discover about cannabis in terms of those other endocannabinoids. And, you know, CBD is just one of them. Uh, I don't, Richard, I don't know if you've seen the list, but it, for, for what the, mm -hmm. the, the treatment areas with involving cannabis, and I'm not talking the psychoactives. I'm not in, you know, I'm not advocating taking this just for, you know, getting high for, for what, or lack of a better term but uh, the actual physical benefits and the weird thing is 
we could pass a joint around in this room right now, Justin, and we could all take the same dose uh, and some of us may not feel anything mm-hmm. and others may get feel really because feel really high and it's it's really weird but uh, I saw one uh, one documentary about the researcher in Israel he did this he did this as part of a study mm-hmm. and uh, so there must be some comp- you know in our system we must already have some level of, of these chemicals and biochemicals it's that in endocannabinoid system, system yeah that yeah was talking about and that. we it's unfortunate that it's schedule one uh, because apparently you can't. It's very difficult to do research on a on a drug when it's Schedule One because it's right. in the same category. Any parents. thoughts on Jeff Sessions in the news about the memo? Wow. Uh, so maybe or so the laws haven't changed. Right. Right. It's just the federal government may pursue. Enforce. May enforce the law. Yes, right. they may. May enforce their law, but their law. Uh, yeah. Correct. And I think it's going to blow up on them because there's just too much public pressure. Yeah. Even they may push Congress to legalize. De- it. Yeah. Yeah. To deschedule. That's what to people de-schedule. want to deschedule it. Yeah. Because I mean, if you think about alcohol, would fit the Schedule One definition. Yeah. Right. And then if you also think about it, right? And this was a paradigm shift for me again. Almost every adult in America takes some sort of psychoactive recreational drug on a daily basis Caffe- to help caffeine. them get by. Caffeine. caffeine, world's most popular drug, alcohol, right? Beer, yeah. wine. Imagine yeah. having a party with no psychoactive recreational drugs. No caffeine, no tea, no coffee, no Coca-Cola, no beer, no wine, etc. That would be... Wow. So I guess I, we're I, boring I, as people without like a, that. Sounds like a I, cabinet I one, meeting. I went to one of those at the Mormon <laughs> church once. Oh, yeah. I can't say that. I sounds like a cabinet meeting. What are you talking about? Are you not familiar with the Catholic Church? Yeah, they have alcohol. Yeah, anyway... <laughs> We've got, to, we've got to adjourn this cabinet meeting right here, though. But, but Joe Marino, thanks so much for being Thank our guest. Dr. Much. Sanjay Gupta was, was terrific. Richard Misa, great seeing you. Happy New Year, everybody. Absolutely. Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making it sound Thanks to Dave Sniff and Craig Blanke here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iwomoney.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.